0: Yeah, so let me let me let me read you let me read you a quick line for for the seeking wisdom listeners out there, and you know I think the 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 reason we do seeking wisdom is to like tap into the network that you know DC's network. We're lucky I'm I'm lucky enough to mooch off of it and be part of this podcast. But uh, you know Amy Amy's on the board of Procter and Gamble and Cisco. They have a combined market cap of 400 billion. That's billion with a B. DC <laughs> that's a B. Um, and today she's the CEO. She's the CEO and founder of a company. Uh, they're a relationship intelligent platform. They've got over $40 million in funding. And fun fact, she was an ex-Google exec. She actually ran Google Analytics for seven years. And while she was doing that, she grew it from about 1% market share to over 70%. Uh, and I think everybody on this podcast is probably using Google Analytics in, in one form or another. So Yay! Amy, it's, it's awesome. it's awesome to finally have you on. We've been trying to do this for a while. So thank you so much for doing it.
1: It's my pleasure I'm so excited to get to talk to the two of you today
0: so I, I, I want to jump right into to a topic that's that's on both I know DC you know thinks and talks a lot about this and you were just mentioning before which is like which is hiring like everything is all about about people so what what's on your mind with hiring right now
1: well I you know we're at that stage where we're 40 people and each person matters a tremendous amount and we're kicking into that. Kind of hypergrowth stage where we're going to have to do a lot of hiring this year. And one of the things that I'm trying to be super cognizant and deliberate about is the culture and how do we maintain the culture that um, and the tenets that are so important to us, right? And not dilute that while at the same time bringing on more diverse viewpoints and at the same time making sure the mix because you know when you add a new person to a team that's still 40 people, you can feel their effect. And when it's the right person, it all it makes everything better, right? But when it's the wrong person, um, it can do weird things that you don't want it to do to a company this size. So I'm trying to be deliberate and cognizant about it and trying to pattern match on um, – on Different aspects that would cause the culture to to shift or change in different ways.
2: Do you know what I mean? Totally. What, uh, yeah, we feel it every day. And uh, what, what mistakes, I'm curious to learn from your mistakes, what mistakes do you think you've made so far? Okay,
1: well, our number one.
2: Obviously, not right now.
1: Well, so our number one kind of value is no assholes, right? Apologies for the <laughs> cursing, but no, I love it. it is no assholes. And there there has been a time or two where we have accidentally hired one um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was early on the one I'm thinking it was early on and we had to fix the mistake quickly because it, it became pretty apparent pretty quickly in the collaboration that this person was a kind of a blocker to the natural collaborative yes. yeah. spirit that other people bring to the company right and within six weeks I had to let them go and I We were just, this person was, was talented from a kind of uh, functional perspective, right? And we, we just needed that function and that talent on the team. And so we made a compromise and I, we learned from it for sure. We learned from it because it's tempting, right? There's too much work for the number of people you really want to move fast. You've got clients or customers or users, really wanting something and you want to get it out to market. And so there's this pressure to sometimes think, you know what, it'll be okay. Cause there's enough people here and, and we'll work around it and it'll be fine. And then you find out, no, it actually kills, it lowers the productivity of all the people that were already there. So the net effect is net negative.
2: Yeah. I think you hit on the jam the so right there, which is the it's hard for people to understand, but the um addition is net negative, right? It's never positive, even if you talk yourself into it. Like you're yes. it's like the person's actually taking down the entire team productivity.
1: Yeah. And you and to admit that you made a pretty big mistake, right? Cause you gotta let them go. You do it in a humane way and you make sure you take care of the person because even though they weren't a good fit, that doesn't mean they're a bad person. And so you try to do it in a humane way, but you gotta do it fast.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Well, I salute you, for, Amy. I've, I'm one, sorry. One,
1: Thanks, TC. One
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, what, one thing I was thinking about as, as you guys were talking about that is like you. So you're you know a company right now. You you have about 40 people, but you're you're on the boards of these massive companies. Like are like uh, does hiring ever come up? Uh, you know, in conversation with those companies, and like oh, are yeah. or are there every are there, every
1: board meeting? Really? Yes, because talent is. I mean, it's it's so critical to. It's lifeblood of any company, right, any company, but especially a tech company. I mean, Cisco cares massively about talent and recruiting and retention massively
0: so it's an ongoing like it's not it's not like oh we're at this early stage now we're going to eventually graduate, and like we're not going to have to think about people. It just has evolved and you know over time like d c oh, it just
1: changes d c yeah. you've,
0: you've seen this like being a founder right like you're you're there's five or ten people at the company overnight there's a hundred, there's a thousand like it seems to always be. It's it is a thing that never that.
2: It's never ending. <laughs> it's yeah, just as Amy says, it's never ending. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's the it's it's interesting though because I've I've seen in DC. Please comment on this, right? But for your first five or ten, they are setting the culture and they matter so immensely, just percentages wise, right? They represent a, a huge portion of the company, and whoever you get in that first five or ten imprints for the rest of the life of the company. I mean, you look at the first 20 employees at Google, a lot of them are still there. So Susan Wojcicki is still there. Sal- Salar Kamengar is still there. A bunch of them are still there. And they they really helped determine the whole trajectory of the culture. Um, and then as, as you grow into something Cisco or Google size, the company as a whole is more resilient to any particular new hire, right? But over time it's so hard to shift it away from something you you didn't want to be an outgrowth of hires you made and uh when it's early it's the effect is so much more evident and the need for change is so much more evident
2: yeah i love that i think you know for me it's just interesting culture is always uh I'm always, when people talk about culture, I'm always, uh, I don't know, I'm kind of weirded out because I think culture is not something you write down. Culture is like the sum of the people that are there, right? Especially those early people, disproportionate effect. And so uh, they leave their fingerprints, as you said, throughout the business.
1: And have you guys taken a relook at um, Reed Hastings' old culture deck from uh, Netflix? Yeah. And it was, I don't know, he wrote it, what, six years ago, eight years ago? A long time ago, right? Uh,
2: a long time ago. Eight to ten, I want to say. Yeah, a but, long time ago.
1: But so much of it still holds true. And whenever the, there's that one line in there, and I'll paraphrase, but it's basically a strong enough culture should have almost you know enough grit to where it repels the wrong people as much as it attracts the right people for that company or for that environment. Cause if it's all motherhood and apple pie and just all, or, you know, just all good things, right. Then that doesn't, it doesn't actually repel the wrong
2: people. Yeah. I think be- the, uh, the amazing thing about that deck is to me is that, uh, well, two things. I have two reactions when I read it. I love that part that you highlighted. One of them is like, Oh man, how come I'm not as smart as Reed Hastings to be able to write something that lasts this <laughs> long? Right, for nine years, I just looked it up, and it's 2009. Oh, I'm like, I'm not that smart. Uh, and you know, and then uh, the amazing, the the second thing that's amazing to me is that um, that he and Patty McCord, who um, who worked with him there as chief people officer, are able to say things like you highlighted there, and still come up and still come across with empathy. And come across in a way that people appreciate what they're saying, and I'm like, I think if I said some of this stuff, people would just think that I'm an ass. (laughs) I don't, I don't know. Teach me, Amy. I don't know how to say it properly.
1: Well, I'm learning from them too. I'm with you. I don't. Yeah, I. They they did it in such a. Yeah, I. And he's. It is. It is such a well articulated and very definitive yeah deck right there's not he's not wishy-washy about it and he's not yeah and i think he uses the analogy it's not we're not a family it's more yes kind of a, a team yeah a team a sp- almost like a sports team it's not a family mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah i love were,
1: that I, I liked it too i liked it too and yet it Do didn't seem or anything or anything. Like like no. Sorry, say that again
2: did you write anything like that for a company
1: No, I wish. I, well, I've written, we've, we've authored kind of our value statement and our mission statement, but have I authored anything that's lasted 10 years that other people want to (laughs) read? No, I have not.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. neither. That that,
1: that would be, that would be pretty spectacular, but no, no, no such luck.
0: All right. We have goals now. All right. So, so, so I want to shift, let's shift from talking about like the people side of it. I mean, DC, we have we have Amy on here. We have to dig into we have to dig into her life. Like,
2: oh no, it's not often
0: <laughs> we, we talk to people at this level. So, what what is what is like what's a what's a what's a day in your life, week in your life like right now? Like you you know, building a company, um, sitting on a bunch of boards. Like what it like? How do you how do you try to prioritize your time? Because obviously you're you're getting a million requests. You're getting pulled in a million different directions. Like what are your kind of like? Do you have any any I guess like first principles for yourself almost for how you're thinking about your time and your your day. In your I weeks. do. And
1: I, I, you know, continuously want to try to be more deliberate about it. So one of the things my co-founder, uh, Matisse Rule, said when we started this company was, one of my favorite things about starting something or being at an early stage company is you wake up Monday morning and you have no idea what you will have had to learn by Friday. And the thrilling thing is, there is something every single week that you did not know how to do or did, you just didn't know about, right? You didn't know how to make the decision as of Monday, that you have learned by Friday. And that is, that is why I do this. That is a big part of it. I I love that part of it. And so alongside that, whatever the learning, the big learning is for that week, or whatever it is that I wake up not knowing on Monday, I want to check by Friday that, you know, we figured it out and we have a way to do it. Um, One of the things I try to do every morning, and I don't, I don't actually get to it every morning, but Eight or nine mornings out of 10, right, I will meditate. And that is massively helpful. So I I don't know if you guys kind of look at Myers-Briggs typing at all as a communication method or tool, but I'm
2: ENTJ. Uh, We're obsessed with (laughs) it.
1: You're what? ENTJ? Yes, I'm ENTJ. Okay.
0: Okay. I was going to say. D- dc's DC an INTJ, and if if you were also an INTJ, I was gonna have to hang up and be done. You're not. You're not allowed. The Earth. The, the, the earth. earth. The Earth does not let you. Oh,
1: the INTJs are demanding. You're just the ex-
0: You're just the yes. extroverted version. I'm the no, she's the commander. Louder. She's the commander. But yeah. I, I'm. Wait, uh, DC, t- talk, t- tell her about, uh, t- talk about like we we do actually use we're, we're heavy on personality nice. uh, tests, and, and we we just started to use um something here at Drift, yeah,
2: yeah, we use uh, so I've been obsessed with them a long time. We use uh, predictive index, which is a little bit different. Um, so I've used Meyer Briggs, I've used uh, DISC assessment, Strengths Finders, like every every single one of them, I've obsessed. But this is fascinating. So Amy is known as the commander. ENTJ personality, aka
1: the pain in the ass.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I wish I was the commander. We, at,
1: do you we, know what we, we do, which I think is so funny. So you know the Star Wars um, Myers Briggs typing chart. So there's Chewbacca, no, on there that. Princess Leia, Darth Vader. Yeah, everybody. Okay, so everybody's on there. Mm. So when we, so if you want to, when you come in, you can take the MBTI test, right? And then you can mark down which one you are. And so we're trying to have personality and communication style diversity in the company too, right? Because one <laughs> of the things that we want to do, so it's kind of like, oh, we don't have an Ewok. We need an Ewok, which is silly, but it's more emblematic of, hey, there's nobody who brings this point of view, right? There's, there's no one who's um, ESFP on our team. I wonder what we're missing as a result and what we're what we're missing from our customer communication standpoint, et cetera, as a result of not having that person. Let's just be cognizant of the fact that we have a small hole there. But beyond that, we actually use it uh, for stress response purposes. So one of the things that we do kind of once a year is we sit down as sub teams, and then we sit down in locations and everybody goes around the table and reminds everyone this is my MBA, MBTI type and my stress response looks like this. So some people say my stress response looks like me withdrawing into myself and I would get up and go for a walk. And if, if uh, I just stop talking to you and I, I stop, I, I just, you know, I draw into myself, it means I'm stressed. Other people will say if I start making really, really stupid jokes, like silly, stupid jokes in times of high stress, it's not because I'm disregarding the fact that some system is down. It's because that's how I cope with stress. I have to joke or else I can't cope, right? And that was a massive learning for a bunch of us because there was a person on the team who, whenever systems went down, would get go into joke mode. And uh, some of us thought that was kind of A, insensitive to other people Mm -hmm. who are trying to handle the problem, but B, just like a totally weird response to have to something so serious. And then when this person explained, this is my stress response, so I too am stressed, this is, just, this is what it looks like, I think everybody went, oh, and a light bulb went off. So now when the person goes into this mode, we all know, ah, okay, they're stressed too, right? So don't, 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 uh, don't get mad that they just made a joke about this. Just understand this is how they deal with it.
2: Wow, and you just blew my mind. As someone who's obsessed about MBTI, oh, totally, uh, of MBTI personality tests for a couple of reasons. One, I never thought about doing it from the stress response standpoint. That's amazing. Two, I never, I cannot believe I've never heard of the Star Wars MBTI Star Wars typing. Yeah. yeah, and now you've led me down a, a, an internet rabbit hole because now I have discovered the <laughs> Grey's Anatomy MBTI tape, Disney Princesses, uh, Game of Thrones, Lord of Rings, My Little Pony, uh, etc. cetera. Yes,
1: but look, there's look a at,
2: lot. <laughs> oh, I had no idea. But look at Amy, Dave. Amy is Princess Leia.
1: Princess Leia. Yeah. <laughs>
2: And you know who I am? I got it. How? are you? Palpatine. Yeah, Emperor <laughs> Palpatine.
1: Sorry, man. Yeah. You're totally a oh Palpatine. <laughs> we got a dark so cold. Oh. Oh, oh my You're God, so Amy. Bad. How would
0: you? How would you? How would you rate the accuracy? How would you rate the accuracy of this?
1: Okay, so I I use it as a. You mean the Star Wars portion, or you mean? Yeah, I just, uh, I'm
0: just trying to gauge. I'm trying to gauge DC on this. On this it's good here.
1: for it's good for laughs, and then for people who have never yeah. used MBTI, yeah. it makes it more accessible, yeah. right? And it, oh. it it just makes it less serious. Dave, you know it's kind of funny. I'll do. You, I'll
0: do you. Dave, what's I'll, your I, type? Uh, ESTJ, which is Darth Vader.
1: <laughs> You're totally Darth oh, Vader. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is awesome. You know what the best part See, about let's this is? Let's call uh, him Vader. That's the best part? Go ahead. Oh, and you know what? what Elias, my co-founder, uh, he is, uh, well, he gets to be Han Solo. For a second, I thought he was oh. Wicked and Ewok, but I was wrong. He if is. He's Han Solo. That's too cool. Don't yeah, tell that, him that. It'll you, go too If you know
0: him,
1: that is the... That's holy, my husband that's is Chewie.
0: Elias <laughs> is Han Solo. That's the perfect fit, actually.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, I can't believe I'm Lord Palpatine. <laughs> i'm devastated.
1: sorry man i know i know i know but it's okay you can be a man, you can be a palpatine for
2: good that's true oh wow now i've discovered the star trek version i'll put a i'll put
0: a link to this in the in the show notes and tweet at tweet at dc and amy what's your what's your twitter
1: oh uh at underscore amy chang
0: all right, tweet tweet at tweet at the two of them and with your with your personality type. Eli- Elias is actually sitting across from me right now. Uh, he he he'll, he'll, know, he'll know later. We'll we'll tell him.
1: Nice. Um. Wait on Star Trek, has, are you Captain Picard?
2: Okay. I thought I was be Captain Picard. That's what I was hoping. I'm not. I'm one of these. I forgot her name. She is basically a cyborg. That's not good. Oh, I N T J. We
0: weird. we got we that's, got that's We got, not as a we got like, Amy for yeah. like, we got t- we have <laughs> no. ten more minutes of Amy. So yeah. so let's do a let's do a let's do a lightning round. D- I, I okay, have some sorry. stuff up my sleeve, but DC,
2: you got anything? I'm just blown away. I'm blown away by this. But um, so now that yeah. you're at uh, Wait, can
1: I say one more thing? Yeah. For the last question because I I think this is one that so every CEO, or every every founder and every exec struggles with this when you, especially, um, I I think when you're actually like, you care about other people, right? There's a layer of guilt for all the stuff you have to say no to and a layer of, oh, I feel badly not being able to do that for that person. And someone said something to me last year, which has stuck. And she, she basically said, you know, guilt is far better than resentment. Mm. So you, you know, saying no to things and just taking it head on and and feeling badly for a little bit while you have to, be real with people and say, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. And just saying no, it's better than than feeling this resentment having said yes, and then sitting there doing something for an hour that you really feel like you shouldn't be doing. Ooh, I, <laughs> so I, I kind of took that in. And I liked it. I really liked it. I was like, yeah, that's true. That is true. Because resentment will eat you up. But guilt is just something you, okay, you feel it. And it's like a wave passes over you and then you have to move on.
2: Right. Amy, I'm full of resentment. I need to get rid of it. I'm gonna say no to it. everything. I'm I don't. <laughs> I don't.
1: Gerhard, don't ask him for anything right now.
2: <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm on a comeback though, because because of this I've okay. discovered the Marvel Universe personality profiles. And in Ooh, it, nice. I am a uh, Magneto. So I'm I don't like this. Back. He's
0: a guy that that thinks oh, about
1: cognitive all right, biases all, right. all
0: the time. I'm sure. I, I think sense. there is something for going to find something that that confirms what you believe in. So I don't know if this is really working out. <laughs> I don't think you get to go pick your character.
1: <laughs> oh, okay, but I um, ended up your lightning round, so I apologize. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah, I, I, I get so to I them. mean, we're 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 heavy on we're heavy on books and and talking about things that we're learning. What is um, what what? Give me give, give us like what's the what's the last book that you read or or, or something that you would. If you had the opportunity to buy, a, buy and uh, give anybody a book that's listening to this about, you know, about their career, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a founder, or whatever, um, what, what, what books would you recommend? Like, What books have had the biggest impact on, on your career?
1: So I actually, um, the hard thing about hard things, which you, you guys have listed before, I find fantastic because if something's hitting the fan, I, I will occasionally go flip back through and read the stuff they went through. And it makes me feel better. It honestly makes me feel like, oh, this is not that bad. This is, okay, this is really not that bad. And it puts it into perspective because I'm like, yeah, these other 88 things are right. It's just this one thing is wrong. And in you know, poor Ben Horowitz's case, like 87 of them had, had hit the fan at the same time. So it kind of makes me feel better. I, I like it. And then um, Creativity, Inc. Yes. So the whole book is great. But if you can't read the whole book, there was this phenomenal summary, I think, in Fast Company – Three, four years ago, where they basically just did the article and all of the major principles they highlighted. I love for the team to go reread that article right before we go into a brainstorm session. And we call them brain trusts now because that reminds everyone to go into yes and mode. That instead of poo pooing the idea, just okay, yeah. yeah, you disagree, but suspend your disbelief for a second and roll with it, right? And I ideas love, that I are that. much further afield. Have come out of those sessions because people were anchored in the right place to start the discussion. So I, I literally will have, um, you know, our, our somebody from the team, our lead for that, make copies, like physical copies, and put them on people's desks to force them to flip through it right before we come into the meeting. Because I think it matters immensely what mindset people come in with, and to be reminded for all those people who are very strong Myers Briggs J, keep, keep don't. Don't rush to conclusion yet. Let the idea kind of flow a bit, and let it, it let it go further afield, so that we can have some of the breakthrough ideas. So I really love that that article. I also first round capital has a phenomenal um, review, right, where they have articles that are published very periodically. But there's one on interviewing, and it was um, I think using some of Adam Grant's work, if I'm right about that. But yep, yep. basically, it is explaining how you test for grit how you test for resilience how you test for you know a a basic optimism and it's it's not oh everybody has to be sunshine and rainbows it's more do you believe the team can get through this problem and are you enough of a believer to where you're gonna have faith during the hard times right and it's kind of testing for that and so just being reminded of how to structure the questions to try and introduce as little bias into them as possible is a fantastic reminder before interviews.
2: I love those tips. And uh, Dave, we need to link up that article, the Creativity Inc. Uh, summary in the in the uh, show notes. Amy, I was wondering, uh, what was something you did early on in the company that now you look back at and say it was far too early to introduce that?
1: Okay. I I have one. Um, So at, at the places I have come from previously, we have not necessarily been known to be strong marketing companies, right? Where like take Google, for example, the brand itself is so strong that I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, if you compare Google to a sales force, right? The, the capabilities there are, are, or the the emphasis there, let's put it that way, is just different. And so I felt like marketing was somewhat a mystery to me when I started this company. Um, and I, because there was there are so many flavors, it's fairly complex, right? Uh, yep. Different stages necessitate different things, and there was just so much learning that I needed to do. And I, other founders, all kind of um, there was some common wisdom, let's put it that way, that you need a PR team to help with your launch. And you want to get the word out. You want to make a big, splashy launch. You you know you want to do all these things. Um, and so I went and I kind of did a Me Too and I, I hired a PR firm to, to do our launch. And they're lovely people, but it was way too early to spend that money. Yeah. Um, and it didn't end up hurting anything because we figured it out and uh, kind of deferred the relationship from a formal contractual standpoint and stuff. But it was just too early and we didn't need to do that. Uh, if you have... If you have a few relationships at, at key places like a, a TechCrunch or you know a Business Insider, it only takes one or two. And as long as somebody teaches you how to tell the narrative, and by the way, that's asking an advisor to spend half a day with you, right, or two hours with you. Even they can teach you kind of how to craft that narrative. That's that's kind of all you needed. You didn't need to pay the 20 k for the first few months, let's say there after launch. So I would I would say I just didn't know. That,
2: that
1: totally time. makes sense. It's and you're kind of afraid of what you don't know.
0: All right, DC, we 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 we, we gotta let we gotta let Amy go. So why don't you, <sighs> why don't you wrap up if we can I'm and try bumped. to send us out uh, two things. One, We can go,
1: yeah,
2: we we can can go, go one more we'll question. It's
1: only twelve forty two if you want, DC.
2: Okay. One more question for you. Let's do it. So how do you, so I have a question for you. So one mistake I made early on at Drift was I we actually spent too much time thinking about culture when we were two to three people and writing mission mm-hmm. statements and values and this and that and all this kind of craziness, and uh, only to realize the thing that I knew um, before that, which was like really the culture is a summary of the, uh, of the people in the company. How have you... Did you spend time doing stuff like that or is culture something you actively think about at the 40-person stage or did you think about it at the 10-person stage? Like, When was it right at a company?
1: We were like you where when we were five people, we sat down. The five people kind of sat down together and we talked about what's important to us and we figured out of all those things that are important to each of us, which ones are common and then which ones would we want to strive for and which ones are you know a little controversial or a little edgy enough to where we're repelling as well as attracting so we actually wrote them down so we kind of went the same way you went I think
2: And did it work for you
1: yes I feel like it did work for us but it's it's an ever-evolving thing and I never I don't know I never I never feel like we kind of spend enough deliberate cognizant time around it but um over the New Year, for example, when you have that week between Christmas and New Year's where everything's quiet, it's, a, it's like it's a good time to sit down for two hours and think about it and try and, and figure out what may or may not have gone astray or may need more work for the following year,
2: right? What, I mean, there's usually lots, but what, what do so, you got? So, Dave, we have a problem. Do you know what the problem is? <laughs> oh, no. No, don't tell uh, me. Don't tell if me. If you go to Amy's company's website, a company, oh, ACC. No dot oh, no. hey, It is about 10 times guess, better than I, our website. I have your, <laughs> oh, I, I, I have your personality Although well, Julia up, did worry. do a
1: very good job designing it.
2: <laughs> DG. Oh, man. DG, you got to get to work, man. It's pretty, this isn't good, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'll look at this, look, look at this clear, clear copy. Largest, largest and database of C- senior decision okay. makers in the world. Look at this. Look at these quotes. Look at this.
0: I think I think she knows. I think she knows a little something about a little something. This is awesome. Okay, uh, just
2: it's, just, it's, just to be able to, I think it. to teach you about marketing.
1: oh my gosh,
2: that's awesome. Oh, thank you so much, Amy. Check out a company, uh, download the extension, leave a six-star rating. Shout out to Amy. Tell her how cool she is. Uh, tell her that we need to uh, go hang out, race go-karts together, eat donuts, and do all the cool stuff they do at a company. <laughs> all right, Amy. Thanks again. Yeah, we again. Do love
1: our donuts. Yeah. All right, you two. Have the best weekend.
2: <laughs> thank you.